This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. For anyone who's been listening to Inspirato Projecto for the past, I think, three episodes, um, you notice there's just tons of family stuff. I've been out here in Tennessee for the holidays, the jolly holidays. And hanging out with the family and talking to the kids and uh, just archiving it all. Check out for the future references. And I'm passing the savings on to you. So if you are curious about hearing what's going on, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Maybe you have children of your own. Maybe you're thinking about having children. I don't know. But this uh, gives you a glimpse into some of what goes on when you got kids. Those of you who have kids, you'll, you know, I'm sure relate. And those who don't have kids, you'll go, huh. I've been thinking about having children and now I either will want to have children even more or will want to stay as uh, childless as possible. Child. He's a little child. He's a little child. He's only a child. He's only a child. He's a little child. He's a little child. Child. He's a little child. Somewhere down on the. He's a little child. <laughs> I had a dream. I woke up from a dream, and um, the dream was I was on this ship. It was like uh, it's kind of like a, 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 I guess, a cruise ship of sorts. Um, just a big ship, however, maybe not as big as that, but just a big ship, big ship. And, um, there was this threat of big waves coming in, big waves. And I remember being on like, there's like this sort of like, like a overhead sort of covering kind of thing where I was and like I look out and there's this huge wave like one of those waves that is just like I mean like hundreds of feet up in the air and it comes splashing down on the boat and some of the people who are on the boat were swept off in the in the ocean and some of these people were even just 
you know, giving up and just going, okay, well, we're all going to die out here anyway, so I might as well just drown myself. I mean, there were just people just jumping off the ship, and then I was, like, making my way, and it's just splashing around. I'm making my way up towards the front of this ship, and I end up finding out after a little bit, I end up like getting towards the front of this ship, and then I, and the ship happens to be docked at, it's docked, and so I'm like, what the heck, wait, I thought we were out at sea, but all of a sudden, there we were, we were at, it was like this dock that ran up to, that went up to like this little beach, this sort of like little beachy area, and um, <clears throat> and I went, walked along it. I walked down these stairs. I don't know if it was a pier. I, don't, I can't remember if it was the boat itself. Walking down these stairs, and I see our buddies, some of the yacht crew guys out there, and Chris Husted is out there. And the guys are working on things, and Chris says something about... Something about... I thought... I heard him say something about he only had a year to live or something. And I can't remember if there were other I had this idea that there were other yachtly crew guys there, but I but I but I didn't know for certain. I'm I'm just kinda of getting this image in my brain that possibly they were there. And I couldn't figure out how long the ship had been there or if you know, how close to when the wave hit us to when we were on shore it was. I don't know the time frame. <clears throat> but I had this idea that there were familiar people down there. I know that Chris Husted was one of them. And I thought I remember hearing something, saying something, I have a year to live. And then other, and then I was like, you guys, wait. We, we were just lost at sea. And then all of a sudden here we are. And I said, you know, some of the people have died. And so I went back up the stairs to look around to see who else was there. Um, and I couldn't quite tell who was there and who was who was first on the ship before they fell overboard and who was there after. So then I then I woke up. It was it was the strangest thing. Hi, little Jojo. It was the craziest thing. Craziest thing. Hey, what day is it today? Do you know? Jojo, what day is it today? Uh, what day? It's free o'clock. Oh, it's free o'clock. Very good. Free o'clock. Ooh, that's a good name for a, for a, for a song or a movie. Free o'clock. I love it. Do you want to make uh, All right, should one? we start over? Brand yeah. new. Okay. You so could, we could explain what do you, it to everyone. Absolutely. Okay, what do you want to start with, with this drawing? Um... Nice. Yeah, okay, so first of all, describe to the audience, what are we drawing on here? What is this? Um, How would you describe this? What's the best way to like describe it? Like an iPad. Okay, so it looks like an iPad. What color is it? Pink. Okay, Black. and then what kind of, it looks like an iPad, but what's special about it that is different than an iPad that you uh, notice? You would color on it, and it's... um. You can erase the coloring that you did, mm -hmm. um, and 
if you don't know how to erase it. So, um, you, so if this is on, Yeah, there's a little then, switch, huh? Yeah, there's a little switch. So then if you have it, like, unlocked, then it can be erased. And if you don't have it, if you have it like that, then it will, it won't be erased. Mm. So you flip it to the one side, yeah. it will not erase what you want yeah. on there. If you yeah. flip the other side, then what? You press a, this button that looks like a trash can on the other side. Yeah. And then the trash can button zoop, makes it erase, right? Yes. So it kind of reminds me of a little bit kind of like a whiteboard and a little bit of an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. The uh, front of it is kind of black. Okay, what do you think is the first thing you're going to draw on this thing? Um, a picture. Yes. Now, the pen, the pen is, what, just plastic, right? So the tip yeah, is just plastic. plastic. It's just plastic. So with this picture, we're going to draw a face. And what do you think is the first thing that you're going to draw? You can start anywhere. Um, you can start with ears, eyes, mouth, nose, wherever the uh, heck you want. Can I draw, like, anything I Anything. Want? Go ahead. Yeah. And then I'll add on um, to it. Can I draw a stocking? Whatever you want. Anything you want. Whatever you want. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's a very good stocking. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder if they make stockings that look like cowboy boots. That would be interesting. Oh, so you're drawing some stripes on here, huh? No. Oh, no, you're not drawing stripes. No. Oh, this is the hole where the thing, where the presents go, right? Is that what that is? Or is that the... No. That's just, like, where the name goes. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Oh, that's where the name goes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. This is where you hang it. Oh, yeah. These Very are like good. the little bells. Oh yeah, you got little bells on there. That's good. That's yeah, a good idea. Yeah, I'm just idea. putting little. That's good. Um. Oh yeah, you're making Ella's stocking. I love it. I love it. Can you make it look like my stocking? Yeah. Um. I need to make a tiny snowman. Is what I gotta do. Go make a tiny snowman on this. Take a good look at this. I got one. Alright, so we got the snowman. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's trying to take the stocking, no, I guess. No, Jojo's stocking. No, I wasn't messing with yours. I'm just looking. Uncle Kurt has to look at mine because he's drawing something. Okay, why don't you draw the little candy cane on here? Candy cane? Yeah. yeah, make the little candy cane. Well, that's a good, that's a good, yeah. Oh, you're putting the stripes on it and everything. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What's your next, what's your next move? Oh. Oh. Ooh. I like it. You're putting the, um, what are those? Mistletoe? Cherries? Oh, mistletoe. You're putting mistletoe on it. I like it. This is, um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The leaves of the mistletoe. I like it. There we go. Oh, that's good. 
All right, let's see here. Now I'll make a little tiny Santa Claus. I'll make a little tiny Santa Claus. And Santa Claus has a... Oh, I like it. Santa Claus has a really tall hat. That's pretty cool. Let's see. Make him holding like a candy cane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do like some of the details. But you don't have to do like a hat. Alright, here he is with this little. Zoop, zoop, zoop. How you guys doing? Go ahead, try drawing the. Try drawing the reindeer. This is not for three year olds. It's not for three year olds? No, and Judge is a three year old. Oh, you're talking about a, a what, what toy is that you're talking about? Young oh, hands, uh, build and learn dinos. Oh, so it's to make dinosaurs? But it's not for three-year-olds. Oh. And Theo's oh. like two. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, so well, he's JoJo does good with it, but... How old is JoJo? He's three. So he's three, and that little guy is two? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And it's not for three-year-olds. Hmm. So that means if it's not for three-year-olds, it's not for two-year-olds. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Very true. That's a good way of putting it. Do you want to try drawing the... Can you draw that one? Oh, you want me to draw the, you want me to draw the reindeer? And then you'll draw the Christmas tree? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw the reindeer more kind of near the top here because... Yeah. Um... So we got room. Yeah, we're running out of room. So we got reindeer. All right, go ahead. Draw for me the the uh, Christmas tree. It's good. Very good. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, you're adding some details. I like it. Very good. Very good. I'm adding the little. Oh, yeah, the little poop. The little. Uh, Nose. Nose. Uh, the cheek. No, yeah. It's like the cheek, right? Little, yeah, little rosy cheek. Oh, cheek. So let's see. So I think right here is a good spot for the Christmas tree. Yeah. It's basically a triangle, but it goes. It's bad. Oh, is, is you got? Uh, what is that? Train? Is that a train you got there? It's my train. I'll just make it really gotcha. simple. Gotcha. Oh, that's good. Theo, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool, Theo. Oh, that's good. That is good, Ella. That is. I think we are done. Is this a dinosaur? That's a dinosaur. Where's his other leg, Theo? Where's the other leg? Go find it. Go find it. Oh yeah, we need three legs. Well, I want to. Uh, I need to do some video recording of these guys, actually. Hold on, let me do a little of these people. Hold on, let me do let me do a little video recording of these guys. Hold on a second. I just discovered there's a channel that is only for babies. And 
the particular program that the four that we were just watching here, Ella and little Josh and Monica and Josh and I, it was just brilliant. It was someone throwing sand. You just see these arms, silhouettes and silhouettes, putting sand down and then drawing pictures within the sand. And then kids just had to figure out what that was. I thought, man, that is absolutely brilliant. So I would absolutely love to make content for that channel, whatever that is. This idea, I can't believe this hasn't happened earlier. Someone has to have come up with this idea. Al Pacino, Cappuccino. Pacino's Cappuccino. Yeah, Al Pacino's Cappuccino. And there you go. Hi, I'm Al Pacino. When I'm on the set, I gotta wake up early in the morning before I go to act at a movie. I drink my special blend, special cappuccino. Al Pacino's cappuccino. Get it while it's hot. This is not working. Yeah, it's interesting the way you put it. It's important for for kids. It's just not worth it sometimes. When when mine were were the age of of the baby. When you were that age, you had two naps a day. Mm. All of you did. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you were Theo's, you had one nap a day, and you slept for two hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you were in bed at 7.30 at night. Oh, wow. And you slept straight through until 7.30. So that was pretty standard, a two-hour nap? Yeah. Hmm. And then seven, you sleep till 7.30 in the morning. Because mm. that's what you need is, you know, 12 hours sleep. Wow. It's incredible how that works. I never had problems with any of you taking a nap or going to bed. You're always so... We were just on this routine. And so I knew, you know, if we were going grocery shopping, I'd, I'd go after your nap when you weren't crabby, you know, mm. going to be crabby or tired. or And after you had lunch, I wouldn't take you when you were, when you were hungry. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look at those little faces of these kids. I love wondering what, what, what really. Someday we'll be able to invent some kind of thing where you could go and stick it on their little head and you could see what they're thinking about. You know, like what kind of thoughts are going on in there? Hi! Yeah. I was hoping we could just slip out here and leave you, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Monica just said, Theo, I think I think you have to go nope. a little bit. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'll cry. <laughs> oh, I'll cry. I'll cry. I'll cry. He's warning you. I warn you, uh-huh. I'll cry. Theo. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's see. Here we go. We're in the, we're in the lion's den of the kids. Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Those of you who don't have kids, this is what it's like. So carefully consider what it's like to have a child before before you just go ahead and get pregnant. This is what you get to look forward to.
Oh, look at that little guy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, on paper, it sounds like it's fun being, uh, being a parent, doesn't it? Like, when you're not a parent, it seems like a fun idea. Like, oh, yeah, I can handle that. Whoa, man. I got to tell you, just from being out here for the few days I've been out here, it's, uh, it's been quite interesting. Quite interesting. I think I'd probably be, uh, drinking, uh, three pots of coffee a day, possibly. We'll get back to more behind the scenes later. Thanks for listening, by the way. What happens when you mix blue and yellow? What does that make? What does it do? What does it make? Yellow and What color? You just said it. And blue and yellow. Makes what? Makes what? What color? You just said it. So you're over here whisking. You're over here whisking. Good job. It's getting thicker, right? It's getting... Th- yeah, that's good. Yeah. Keep it spinning. Keep it spinning. These oozos are going to be the best oozos that anyone's ever encountered. So you're doing it. So that's what we're doing here. Prepare the ouzo's base. The base should be prepared at least one hour before creating your ouzo's. For best results, create the sodium alginate solution. Oh. Alginate. Oh, no, I keep going. Keep going. That's good. For best results, create the sodium alginate solution the night before. Okay, so that's a whole separate thing that it looks like I need to create while this is happening. Keep Keep spinning. Keep spinning. Did it really say the night before? Yeah. So in a medium-sized mixing bowl, not include a sprinkle and whisk in the entire packet. We should have Eight ounces of warm water, which we're doing. It's best to sprinkle a small portion of base power at a time. We'll continue to whisk. Be sure to repeat this step till you have added in all the base power, which we're doing now. Why did you do that? Don't do stuff like that, okay? That's not nice. Uh, no, no. But it's still uh, kind of blurry. And then he said the 22nd, then we'll decide if we're going to do another surgery or not. The 22nd of uh, January? January. Hmm. Another surgery like the first one that you had? Some, yeah. Someone should have so they can't check it out in be- in between here no, and there. No, we couldn't do because there's too much blood behind the, uh, b- you know, behind the retina, and so he couldn't see all the way through. With the examination, he did all these examinations with the lasers and stuff, and the that shot was to help the blood coagulate. Oh. So it would stop bleeding. So that shot. So in the meantime, it's coagulating. Yes. So, so can- it's doing what it's supposed to do. Ah. It's not, not fun to have it, but it was, uh, it was, I mean, that, the doctor's really good. I mean, he, 
trust him. He, he explains things to me. But it's just like you have to wait so long in between. You have to be patient with this kind of thing because it takes so long. Yeah. And then I have to have cataract surgery in the right eye because the left eye is the one I have problems with. But I can't have that surgery until So the the government does that? They give you disability? Yeah. yeah. It's in instead of Social Security. Oh. So it's called disability Social Security. So you would get that instead of your Social Security check. And it's not like a ton of money or anything. It's probably... It's based on what you make now. I think, it, what is it, Mom? Maybe like 75% of what you make now or 60% or something like that. Do they have the surgery on the one eye before you do the cataract surgery on the other eye? Well, I have to make sure that my vision is back to normal on this left eye. Oh, okay. Before I have the cataract surgery on the right. The right eye is the one I do the cataract surgery on. So with the right eye, what, what do you see in that eye? And then the other eye you cannot see out of whatsoever? I know the vision's coming back and the colors are bright. Jesus. Because I had the surgery for the stroke and then after that I had cataract surgery. So the colors are bright. <coughs> January what? When does that happen?
this idea for... Uh, I don't know if they already have this invention or not, but there's been talk of dinosaurs around here lately because the kids um, have toys, dinosaur toys. And immediately I thought about, like, Sour Patch Kids? What about instead of a Sour Patch Kid, you have dinosaurs? And the sour things are in the shape of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Has that ever been invented before? As far as I know, no. No, it hasn't. As far as I know. So. There you go. Dinosaur. I'm interviewed for the podcast since we've got some time. What, um, all right, so what's the, we're talking to Josh Clinton and my brother. Um, what's the job you work for and what's your, what's your specialty there? <laughs> um, I work for a company called Patterson Dental and, uh, I'm the general manager there, which, which means that, which means that I help to help to drive sales and make the branch successful and help all of our customers, which then helps the, uh, the dental patients. So you, guys all, you guys also manufacture squeezy teeth, don't you? We do. We're a, uh, a blue squeezy teeth <laughs> manufacturer <laughs> and distributor. Yes. Um, well, what's the name of the big, the big machine that you guys are, 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 you know, trying to get in there into the dentist office, the, the revolutionary equipment. I'd say the two biggest things right now are uh, CAD CAM and um, and then uh, 3D cone beam x-ray. Those what are the, the two biggest things. What does the first one do? first one allows you to take a digital scan of the mouth and um, either send that to a lab or send it to an in-house mill and uh, and mill a crown or some other kind of restoration that you can then give the patient the same day. So it gives you the ability to offer same-day dentistry as opposed to sending it off um, to a lab and having them make it and bring the patient back two weeks later. Um, it's just a lot better for the patient experience. And then the uh, 3D cone beam allows the dentist to see a lot more. You're able to see a 3D image of the whole mouth. And um, you can diagnose a lot more. Um, it allows you to see the anatomy to where you're able to place implants a lot more predictably. Oh. And um, you can uh, measure the airway uh, to see if people are prone to having sleep apnea, which is a big thing these days. And then what they can do is um, go to a specialist and then you can make a sleep appliance for them to where they, they wear it in their mouth um, and it holds their airway open so that when they breathe, they don't snore and um, their airway is open all night long when they're sleeping. So there's that. And then uh, another big reason is doctors that do endo, which is root canals, they're able to see they're able to see all the canals a lot better. Um, they're able to see the depth and, um, and, and it makes it a lot easier to do their job. So it's overall, it's 
it's great for the practice, but it's also providing better patient care. So you, um, your original job there was you had to go out to these dentists to try to get these sales? Yeah, yeah. I was a uh, territory rep, and um, the territory rep is kind of... Uh, kind of the face of Patterson they're they're kind of the kind of the quarterback in the um quarterback of the team if you will and what I mean by that is they they uh, they have the relationship with these with these dental offices to where they're in there every two weeks or so sometimes every week and um they're able to really be a partner to the practice and help them grow and you know take care of their patients and um, so with that job, you kind of have to know a little bit about a lot because we sell over 100, probably 120,000 products. So you have to know a little bit about all that stuff, be able to 120,000? Yeah. How the heck, how long did it take for you to learn about 120,000 different products? You never, you never really learn about all of them. You, you just learn about the categories and, you know, a lot of the main stuff that, that people use. And um, you're able to go in and talk about that stuff. And then, the, you know, the things you don't know about, um, you end up bringing in a manufacturer rep or a specialist in to, to help you with that stuff. But uh, so, yeah, in the previous role, I'd go in there and talk with them about supplies and equipment. And then if they were interested in, in CAD CAM or um, a new chair or any other piece of equipment, x-ray or whatever then I would call my specialist and uh he would come in and um meet with the doctor to identify their needs and get them what they're looking for so they were part of my team so are there certain dentists that you find that really like to use certain kinds of equipment than others are there some like some equipment that's kind of on the outskirts that like like wow that's pretty cool you're using Uh these these over here you know there's definitely I think they would be called early adopters so those would be doctors that um, are the first to try new technology and to kind of jump on some of the stuff that might be looked at as fringe or you know new just mm-hmm. just not well known uh, so you have those doctors that that try that stuff out first and then they they prove if it works or not and then they uh they end up telling their you know their their peers about it and then it either ends up getting get getting you know bought or 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 not but um you know i think that a lot of these doctors that end up buying that end up kind of buying into the technology early um they're a lot more liable to try the new technology that comes out mm. So, yeah, you have a lot of that. They're the explorers. They're willing to see what the heck it's all about. And, you know, the other thing, too, with the technology is that a lot of of these dental schools have this technology in them. So then the dental students are using it. And when they come out of school, they're used to using all that that technology and all that equipment. Uh, And so they they want that in their practice. You know, they expect that in their practice. Um, So they're... A lot more liable to to uh, purchase it right away, find a way to implement it. So there are dental other dental schools that you guys have ties with where 
you have these specialty machines there at 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 the schools to educate the students with we we have definitely sold some of these things to to schools um so how it works is that patterson doesn't actually manufacture anything we we're a we're a distributor so we work with our manufacturer partners to sell their products Mm. and support their products um so we have definitely sold equipment and technology into dental schools and then um you know, we try to build relationships with those dental students to that, so that when they get out of school, we can um, help them uh, either find a place to be an associate or maybe uh, a practice to buy or, um, you know, some other opportunity where they could work right out of school. Do they ever ask you to fly out to a college and, and give a lecture about these items? No, no. Um, Is that something they do, though? It sounds like it might be helpful. The manufacturers would. The distributor, like the Pattersons, wouldn't, but the manufacturers would. Oh, the manufacturer. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, they would. Yeah, they'll definitely go out there and do that. We would do more local type of stuff to where we'd we'd go into the uh, schools and um, maybe bring in a manufacturer to have uh, kind of a broad level talk about about that or about, like, the business of dentistry, um, meaning, like, kind of giving them a blueprint on what it looks like to own a practice uh, maybe talk about the different financing and the real estate side of it and the legal side of it um, we bring in people like that um, you know that could explain all that stuff to these students so that they kind of have an idea of what they're in for when they get out because they you know most of them immediately become business owners so they have to they have to learn about business mm-hmm and uh, so that's what we're one of our roles is to try to teach them about that stuff early on. So you previously used to go out and make the sales, and now what is your current um, aspect that you do? Well, now um, I manage the the whole branch, and I kind of oversee all the everything that happens at the branch. But my main focus is is um, helping customers and driving sales. So I work with my sales team to um, develop them and help them be um, more helpful to their clients and then I'll go out there I'll go I'll go visit customers and and um, you know help out where I can and we you know we put on a lot of events so I help organize that stuff uh, plan and organize those those events for our for our doctors um, and then I um, you know basically oversee the you know the profit and loss uh statement every month for the branch try to you know balance the budget and all that sort of stuff so you um give your team some of the hints and tactics that you might have used that you found that were successful Mm-hmm. definitely definitely yeah i um you know i really especially especially the the newer reps the ones that that haven't been with us very long I try to try to mentor them and give them the tools that I learned over the over the years of doing that job and you know try to try to cut out the wasted um, you know the wasted space you know the time um, that I spent doing things that didn't move the needle and 
get them doing the activities and focused on the right, the right, um, the right things that will help them be successful early on, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to it taking longer. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely give the team tips and, and, uh, things to do that I did when I was uh, success, uh, a yeah, successful rep. You said something to me before about, um, you told your guys not to focus on trying to make money, but to form relationships. Can you, can you better describe that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think that with, with sales, it, it really could be kind of distilled down to taking care of the customer. Um, you know, building the relationship and taking care of the customer and, you know, you can, you can get into the weeds a lot with it, but I really feel like if you always focus on that and keep the customer's best interest at heart and see things from their point of view, then that'll lead to you being successful. That'll lead to you, um, uh, you know, getting to where you want to go. And so I've always focused on, um, on taking care of the customer, listening a lot more than, uh, than talking. Uh, in fact, when we were at the, this North American sales meeting, one of my buddies told me, uh, he said, you know, a long time ago, my dad, my dad said something along the lines of, you know, God gave you, uh, you know, two ears and one mouth and you should use it, you know, you use those things in that combination. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I love that, you know? And he said, so you always want to listen more than talk. And um, it's so true. I mean, it's really true in life, period. But I think in sales, it's particularly helpful to listen to the customer uh, before you just react and kind of spout off what you think they need. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than going in with a solution for what you think they need, talk to them first, ask the questions, figure out what where the gap is and what they're missing, what their problems are and um, you know, what their challenges are. And then you try to find the solutions for them. So that's what I try to tell all my, what I, you know, tell all of my reps. And, and that's still the way that I, that I treat our customers. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. Ideally you want to get to the point where, where you're, you're not a sales rep, you're, you're a trusted advisor and you're really a consultant and ideally part of the family. There was a rep that I worked with in in uh, Orange County who had been doing it 50 years, and uh, his name was Tom. And I remember asking him, saying, "Tom, man, why don't you, you know, maybe take Fridays off or you know, slow down a little bit?" He was in his I want to say he was in in his late 70s, and he's like, well, "Why would I do that?" He said, "I go out every day and I I spend time with my friends." It's not, you know, it's not work at all. I'm just with my friends and helping them out, and I really enjoy it. And uh, I remember going into an office with him, and he was in their team picture on the wall. <laughs> it was like, here's our team, here's our assistants and our hygienist, and here's our sales rep, Tom. Oh, my Patterson. God. Incredible. And I thought, that's what I want to be. That's a goal I, love I have, it. right? That want to be part of the family right there. And so that's what I tell the reps to strive to be, is really try to be part of the family. And, uh, 
Well, it sounds to me like you've successfully applied that knowledge through the years, and that's what has brought you to this point now. I mean, look, you've got a team. <laughs> yeah. Like I, Charles Xavier with your X-Men. You know, it's, it's, it's really crazy because uh, I've always just enjoyed, you know, sales and building relationships and meeting with people and helping them out and um, thought about thought about sales management once um, but the timing wasn't right and then when this popped up it just made a heck of a lot of sense and I realized how much I liked helping uh, you know the less experienced reps and uh, you know helping them to be successful and how with this role I'm still in sales it's just really you know I'm still going out and seeing customers I'm I'm, I'm really helping my reps but I'm also kind of in a way running you know running my own little business and uh and that's exciting you know that's fun to uh to be in charge of of uh this to be responsible for the success or the failure of the branch mm-hmm. and you know really what I'm trying to build there is is culture and uh what I mean by that is attitude you know I I can't say how much you know how how um I don't even know how to put it really it it can't be understated how much attitude plays a part in being successful in sales and Mm -hmm. any anything in life but you know particularly particularly sales you know you can go out and have a crappy day and hear no and and you know maybe have somebody not be so nice to you in an office when, that you go into or whatever it is but um can't tell you how many times I thought you know that, that you know that person that person didn't treat me well or that that didn't go as well as I thought it would but then I think of so that was that one person but then I have like 15 customers who consider me part of their family and give me hugs when I go to their office and I think of how grateful I am for them so then uh that keeps you going every day and, and if you keep that attitude hey man I'm just out here doing what's best for the customer and trying to be successful that way then it's hard it's hard to to have a bad attitude and it's hard to not be successful and so at the branch I'm really trying to trying to create that that culture of, of being you know being positive um being creative um you know um uh, doing things differently and um, you know, working together as a team, as a as a family, and realizing that everybody's role is is important. And uh, you know, I think that there's there's a uh, sometimes a disconnect between the different departments there, not just at my office, but in any in any type of office like that where you have sales and techs and mm-hmm. inside people and you know those different departments. There's there could be some disconnects, but if everyone is aligned in helping the customer and making the branch successful, then, you know, it's all, it's all meshed and it's all intertwined. And so, um, I'm really trying to make it, make it more of a, you know, a family, more of a fun, um, atmosphere, you know, where, uh, everybody has a, everybody has a voice and a say so and, you know, how things go. So, it's been a lot of fun so far and it's only been uh, gosh I don't know eight months or so but it's something I could see doing forever and 
Um, I think that we have we have all the right all the right team members in place, and everyone is positive. Everyone's motivated, and uh, you know, people want to be successful. They want to go out there and and help the doctors and the practices be successful. And um, I mean, gosh, that's what it's all about. So there's so many leaders. You know, that's that's another piece of it is just teaching people to be leaders and think for themselves. And and uh, that's what I that's what I try to teach Ella and what I'll teach Jojo too. And and uh, and that's how you know I think that that's so important is to have a group of leaders and you know think think on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we have there for sure. And I think it's when you have that and you have the you combine that with the attitude. Um, you know, and you're willing to listen to people uh, and not think that you have all the answers, mm-hmm. um, then you, I, don't, I don't think you can lose, you know? I really don't. I think that that it could be great for everybody. Great place to work, great place to be a customer, um, and, uh, you know, just an awesome career. So, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been It's been a really good journey. I've been in sales for almost 20 years and uh, in, you know, dental for over six. And it's really great industry. It's something I've met just some phenomenal people. And um, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I've had. And especially this one, this opportunity that I've been given to, to, uh, to help lead the branch, lead the team. It's been phenomenal. Is it, uh, is this, is Patterson, uh, global? I thought you were going to ask, is Patterson gluten-free? Is it gluten-free? Uh, <laughs> Patterson is, is, uh, in North America. So we're in ah. just Canada and in the U.S. And we have a veterinary division as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Veterinary supplies? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Have you seen Patterson stuff, Jen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even know it was a human. I thought it was only... Oh wow! Until Josh started working for them, and I was like, "No way!" I was like, "They're we use you know the animal products for dental machines and mm-hmm. tools and stuff." It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. really a good company. Well, thank you for for letting me know about that in depth information. Absolutely, thank you for asking. Me. Keep that in mind, folks. Patterson Dental. What's your job when you do? And what exactly do you do? Yeah. That pertains to the bonfires. What do you do? What's your title? Um, what, what am I? Um. Fire. Sit. No. Firemaster. That's what I am. He's the firemaster. Then what are you? Um, fire safety officer. Fire safety officer. What's your mom? Do you have a title? What's your title? Um, snack sergeant. Snack sergeant. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. No, no, no. We'll play a game of Uno, and then whoever um. Whoever, um, because I'm the safety officer, yeah. I get to 
What does that um, mean that you do as a safety I officer? I get to tell them what to do. You Whoever. Them, um, like around the bonfire? Around the fire? You tell them what to yes. do? Yes. Mm, like what? What are some things you tell people to do? Um, like when they're done, like when we're all done with the fire, then um, I'll pick um, helpers for the fire to like um, help um, with the fire. Help make it? Help no. make the fire? Yeah, help make the fire and... Um, Um, collect sticks. Mm. So you collect um, a lot of sticks. Yeah. And what do you make sure is happening? Um. What do you make sure is happening? Oh. Uh, uh, everybody knows the pro- proper protocol, or what? 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 What do you make sure? How do you keep the fire safe? How do you keep everybody safe? Um. What do you do? You keep them away from the fire, or do you? So there you go, the fire safety officer. Says 
Jojo did that. He was like, underwear. Simon says, what? Clap, clap your, your underwear. <laughs> my underwear is clapping right now. Bravo. She didn't say. Oh. Simon didn't say. Simon didn't say. Simon didn't say. Simon didn't say.